Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish, sponsored by our friends at Paychex. Today, we have a very special episode. We will be joined shortly by the host of none other than the Waterloo Table Talk podcast. Believe me, you're going to enjoy this show. But first, Trish, I have a question for you. It kind of fits along with this theme of the show, and I think with our guests as well. Trish, if you could go back to your senior year of high school and thinking about entering college, Trish, what would you pick for your college major and why? This is so easy, actually. All your questions are hard. This one's easy because I've been going up to the University of Nebraska with my kids. Both are majoring in journalism and mass communications. And when I saw the very first presentation by that college, every course was around media relations and broadcasting and sports media and how to be a podcaster. And it's like everything that you and I have had to teach ourselves over the last 15 years or so. And it's all just like presented okay, to you. So that enough. would be it. I would just go back to college and just learn it much sooner than what we did. Yeah. How awesome. about you? What would you be? I would go a little different route, Trish. So I was advised by everybody back then. Mm-hmm. The, the whole thing about college majors was what can you do to get a job after college? Well, yeah, right. The highest likelihood of being professionally You're employed. You're supposed to be an accountant. That's so I did that. I, I went down right. that route. I go history, I think, Trish, because that's kind of you what I- You make money with history. I don't care. That's what I enjoy the most. <laughs> I'd find a way, right? We do a history podcast or something. Although, really? Although there's a boatload of those out there right now. I was going right to say, I don't know. That's what I'm most interested in probably. So I probably would pick that. But we'll maybe find out what our guests are considering as All well, right, because well, they're of that age where they're thinking about those decisions really right now now. So we are very excited to welcome our special guests, Ian Schrader and Tony Irovic from the Waterloo Table Talk podcast from Trisha's very own Waterloo, Illinois. That's right. It is my favorite podcast to listen to other than our own. Probably. I really don't listen to ours. I, do I, you? Not often. No, theirs is my favorite can podcast. I, can I get through the bios? Sure. Let's do it. Ian is a senior at Waterloo High School and he's very involved with the school. Growing up as the youngest of three brothers, sports have been very much a big part of his life playing basketball, soccer, and golf. Additionally, Ian is vice president of the student council, along with along as being a leader in other clubs and organizations. Outside of podcasting, he enjoys spending time with his classmates and friends. Welcome to the show, Ian. Thank you. Tony, also a senior at Waterloo High School. He's lived his entire life in Waterloo with his parents and two older brothers. He's a wait a minute, we got youngest of three, both of you guys, huh? Yeah, yeah. A lot of getting beat up by the older brothers yeah. in your background. <laughs> all Probably bonded you. <laughs> Tony is also, he's a member of multiple student organizations playing basketball for four years, shout out, and football his senior year. He's also a leader in the school's FCA. Tony describes himself as a philosopher, as do I, oddly enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tony and Ian, welcome to the show. How are you guys today? Thanks for having us. Good. Yeah. Good. Legs are a little tired. Just got put back from I, practice. I know. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Maybe at the end of the show, we'll talk about how the team's shaping up and uh, you know, what kind of offense we're running. We, we man-to-man. We're playing zone. We, we, I could probably do – we could do the whole show on high school basketball if you wanted to. <laughs> well, let's save it for your uh, high school – basketball podcast. All right, we will. So let's jump in, guys. It's great to have like uh, seniors in high school really coming up on graduation here in a few short months and lots of interesting talks about. First of all, do you guys like have some plans already made for uh, what you're thinking about doing after high school? Tony, I'll throw it to you first. Yeah, I do. I'm not decided specifically what college I want to go to. I've narrowed it down. I know I want to go south, but I would like to go into pre-med and then hopefully take the, the medicine route, become a doctor. Wow. Really? Nice. Anything in particular that interests you? Or are you more of a general 
practitioner or specialty? I'm taking into account everything right now. Obviously, I'm young. It's a long road, right. 12 year road or more. But you I'm, cannot change your mind. This is it. <laughs> Got to name it. <laughs> it's a big decision with a lot of time ahead of you to change your mind. That's true. That's but true. I'm mainly thinking orthopedics, some oh, like, or sports related. Sure. Nice. Makes sense. All right. Um, I am going to major in agricultural engineering. Really? Yes. And I am not entirely sure on where I want to go. I haven't narrowed down to two or three right now. So. Okay. But yeah, agricultural engineering. See, it's pretty cultural. Should we look back and we both would have picked a different major. Absolutely. Right. Than the one that 100%. we did. I'm not saying you guys are going to look back and think that the same way, but it's curious, right? Because that's kind of sometimes what happens, right? You look back and say, well, I know, I'm not sure why I did that. I wonder if it's changed though, because I feel like when we were in school and graduating, I don't think anyone talked to me about what I wanted to major in. I don't recall anyone talking to me about visiting colleges or scholarships. It was just not a big deal. It was just sort of like your parents kind of said, well, you should go to college and then told you what to major in. And that was kind of it. So I don't know. I mean, I always, honestly, what I wanted to do was I wanted to be in the DEA and okay. be an investigator. And so, right. Okay. Right. <laughs> and then I started thinking like, well, I want to have a family too. So human resources kind of is where you do a lot of investigations actually. So that's why I picked HR ultimately was, it was mm -hmm. sort of like what I wanted to do, but yeah, when I was a senior, I didn't even know anything about what we actually do now. Yeah. The curious thing, and, and it's not always the case, certainly, but the curious thing is like a lot of folks in our uh, age bracket kind of fell into the thing we're doing now from like doing six other things. And now you're doing mm -hmm. the thing you're doing now. That's, that's definitely true. what's happened to me too. But uh, guys, that's great. So um, one of the other things we want to talk to you about is kind of beyond school, right? Like I know from, I, you know, I have a son who's in college now, went through kind of what you guys are going through a couple of years ago. Trisha's kids are going through it now too. Did you guys feel like, hey, being active in the community, doing things besides just going to class was important to you? And, and if so, why? And, and maybe talk a little bit about your experiences outside school and what you've been doing beyond that. Uh, my answer is absolutely. Um, I have really enjoyed my high school career. And I think that's because there has never been a weekend. There has never really been a season that I have had felt like that. I had nothing to do. Mm -hmm. um, I always feel like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help other students. I'm trying to help younger students, trying to like teach them what high school is about. And like, and even within the community, just giving back to people and having things to do on the weekend, getting yourself involved and kind of, it, it comes back. I know this word's used a lot, but like networking, networking, networking. Already? <laughs> As a high schooler? Like, really? Me and Tony, yeah. me and Tony know a lot of people and we've known that because of how much we're involved in. Tony, was true. Something? Yeah, I would, I would like to add in, I would say that Going in high school about my junior year, I realized that there's a lot more to school than grades. There's a lot. And if, at the end of the Amen. day, you're going to classes and getting an A in a class is not what you're here to. It's not what you're supposed to get out of high school. You're really supposed to have, like earn some social skills. Hopefully, when someone leaves high school, they can walk up to somebody, shake their hand, look them in the eye, introduce themselves. I think that's a huge skill and that's overlooked nowadays. For, for both of you, Ian, first, where did that come from, though? Because not all teenagers are like that. Right. So have you always been that way, like comfortable talking to, you know, people of all different types and, and around the community? Or was that sort of taught to you by your family? Where'd you? I would say I grew up with two older brothers. Right. And so I've always been like the more talkative out of both of us. Like I've always been one that I, I don't shy down from like going to talk to an older person or something like that. But ever since I was like in junior high, it's just kind of been baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Okay. Like I've never when I was in junior high, 
I I wouldn't have like went up to a random person and said like, hi, I'm Ian Schrader. This is who I am. Right. Right. But now that I'm in high school and since me and Tony have started doing this, it's got a lot easier for us to just go up, introduce ourselves. And it it just takes a lot of practice and like knowing, like knowing and being confident in yourself. Yeah. I, I like to say that a big part of that is you have to get it through your mind that the people that you're talking to are going to be happy to hear from you. Like whenever you go up and introduce yourself to somebody, they're not going to say, oh, who's this, who's this weirdo who's talking to me out of nowhere? You'd be like, wow, I can't believe this young kid came, just came up to me and started a conversation with me. I think that's big. Yeah, I agree. I think there are so many adults actually who are quite shy or introverted themselves. And so if you're someone who will take it upon yourself to go and talk to them, they're going to remember that for, for all time, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really impressive when people are able to go talk to others without much hesitation. So very good skill. Yeah, I have, a, I have a question that's not really in the notes, but I'm asking anyway, because I'm curious about yeah. this. Like, did you guys feel, and I'll throw it to either or both of you guys to comment and whoever wants to take it first can take it. Did you guys feel, I don't know, any the weight of pressure, expectations, et cetera, in order to, you know, to achieve academically, maybe to be involved more in the community, to be good at sports, et cetera, to, to, to go be, you know, go and be in pre-med. That's a big mm-hmm. thing. That's great. That's awesome. But did you feel like, man, I'm, I feel the pressure that I got to perform and, and, and do this? Honestly, not really. At the end of the day, like, like most people especially kids in high school feel like there's so much pressure on them. There's so much expectations to them. But at the end of the day, you're really trying to prove something to yourself. Because that's what I think in like sports wise, it's a little different. You're trying, you're trying to back up the rest of your players. You want people to look at you, look up at you. And like, you want to, you want to lead them. But school wise, end of the day, it all comes down to you and you doing good in a test. It's that that's your thing. And I don't think anyone else should have that like opinion based, based on you of your own actions. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. I think, I've definitely had like pressures, but I think I make them for myself more than like, I'm, my parents have never been one to like scout my grades or anything like that. Um, they've kind of just like, you got it. If you get what grade you get, like you deserve it if you get what you get, right? And me and Tony have talked about this a lot. And we think that most importantly out of students is it's not really what grade you're getting. And we see this a lot with our classmates and stuff too. So many people try to memorize things when actually learning something is so much more important than an actual grade. Because when you actually can learn something, tests and quizzes become a lot easier when you see a new problem and you actually know how to do it instead of memorizing how to do it. Basically like, that idea they're not getting out of it what they're supposed to be like they're going in the class saying i want to get an a they're going to forget about it instead go in there with a passion to learn and like if you do that things will pile up on each other and eventually you get good at learning and from then on you're going to earn good grades it's going to be easier for you to do that and you're not going to stress as much it's it makes high school easier is there anything that the schools can be doing not just your high school but high schools in general too sort of say that to people when they start high school, because I mean, having twins that are seniors along with you all, I know that, you know, especially for my daughter, she puts that same kind of pressure on herself, almost to the point of burnout. And it's definitely not coming from the parents to them. So is there something that the schools could do different or say to an incoming freshman? Um, I would say that a lot of it has to come with the teachers, because if you look at some teachers teaching styles, some of them, they don't really foster that idea of really learning. It's just kind of test, quiz, like do your homework, quiz, do your homework, quiz. And it's not really like they won't throw curveball questions on there, stuff that actually makes you want to try to figure it out. Um, what makes us like, I think what makes us want to learn more is when teachers throw something on there and then 
it it makes us want to look deeper into the topic. It makes us want to see more of like how this could be beneficial to us as a whole. And so there is some very good teachers. I have to shout out Richard McDermott. He is, he's, I think me and Tony's favorite Normal teacher. Yeah. Is he your favorite? Uh, yeah, yeah he, he, he does a great job of making sure you are learning a topic. And if you don't learn it, you're not going to do well in this class. Just for the listeners, can you say what, what does he teach? What uh, you have he for? teaches physics and calculus. Oh, and computer programming. And computer programming. So yeah. you know what's really interesting as you were uh, describing that, Ian, and this is something Trish, we're going to follow up on. So we're doing a show later in the week with uh, a member of a school board mm-hmm. here in Waterloo. That's right. And one of the things I want to ask him, and it gets to something that Ian made me think about, is how schools in general, maybe even this school specifically, we might even be able to find out what incentives and measurements are on the teachers, right? Because we're talking about teachers, some teachers maybe really kind of, hey, test, quiz, test, quiz, Mm -hmm. you know, they're incented to make sure everybody gets a certain number of marks on certain tasks, maybe standardized tests at the state level. I'm not sure how it works in Illinois, but that's how it did where I grew up, right? You had certain benchmark tests and you had to do in the schools, had to have so many kids pass, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what the teachers were incentivized about around and rewarded. And so a lot of them, that's, what, that's how they behave, right? If that's what their incentives are. Right. And I think too, teachers like anyone else, it is a job. And so you're going to have those people that are in the top 10% of that job. And you're going to have those that are just kind of trying to get by day to day and, and teach maybe to a test or to whatever measurement they're being told. And then you're going to have a few that are not probably living up to the standards, right? It's just like any job. I'll say something about the incentive idea is that whenever you put that out there, a lot of teachers, I think, will try to like, what, what can I do to make these kids get have an easier A in my class or do a, be- do a better grade? That's what I don't like that viewpoint a lot is because like you want the kids still to be challenged. You don't want them to, you know, you don't want anything to be taken easy. At the end of the day, I don't think that's going to change the way a teacher teaches. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting topic. I want to get into it uh, with our school, Johnny, right? His name yeah, is- Johnny Coppert. We're going to talk to him about that. I have one more thing, Trish, and sure. guys, uh, on sort of the pressure and expectations. Yeah. Does it help? To, I don't know your older brothers, either of you guys. I don't know anything about them. Would it have helped you if they were kind of losers, like ahead of you? You know what I mean? They didn't really get, they were kind of low achievers, maybe mm-hmm. ne'er-do-wells, and then you kind of could come in and be the shining star. That would help a lot, right? I would say that it would make you want to succeed and be better than them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you wouldn't be, wouldn't be bad. Like, like poor, I mean, he did great, but like poor Eli Manning, you know, his older yeah. brother was Peyton Manning. You know, like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I got to be Peyton Manning exactly. too. Right. Yeah. I would say like, you say the word, lo- I'm not saying my brothers are losers. I love, <laughs> I love, I love my brothers. I'm deal. sure they won't hear this. My, but we're me and them are very different people. <laughs> and like most anyone will know that whenever I got in high school, freshman year, my brother was a senior. And someone came up to me that told me, like, who's that weird kid in the hall? I was like, that's my brother. Like, oh, they, they didn't even know. And I had to say that. He had, like, a mustache, funny facial hair. So everyone. And you have the nicest brothers. Oh, honestly. they're, they're like, so they're nice. So no, great. They are. But, like, we're all different in our own, own way. And not that just because they're, you know, quote, weird. Obviously, everyone's right. weird. And you always hear that. Right. Just because they're weird. They're still great kids. They're great people. But everyone's different. But that did create a lot of competition from me. Like, I took a lot of things away from them cons and pros mm-hmm. and it kind of pushed me to be who I am today and I just want to be a little different than me. yeah I, I can't I can't lie Trisha and, and Tony and Ian I had an older brother and when he screwed up especially if he screwed up kind of bad which he you know he probably did a couple times I can't it was a little part of me that felt pretty good about that because the, yeah. the pressure that the heat was off me the attention was going to be off me for a while really well, yeah for now, sure see, okay so you're all yeah. the youngest right well you're not you have a younger sister yeah well, but, but, but she's much much younger much so right so different yeah I have a younger sister I'm the oldest and so I felt like I had to work so hard for every single thing when she's standing here looking but yes she got I feel like 
she was the perfect baby of the family. And I had to be the one that got in trouble and did all the wild stuff and I got in trouble and whatever. So I don't know. She's nodding. So I think that's true. (laughs) Tony and Ian, you guys, as we established, seniors in high school, got some college plans, firming up, things you're thinking about majoring, et cetera, et cetera. I wanted to jump maybe a little bit ahead and and love for, for you guys to give us some thoughts, some comments, observations about the world of work, right? Because this ep- this podcast is really about work, workplaces, right. interpersonal relationships at work, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and it'd be great for our listeners to hear just some thoughts, right? Especially if they don't have, you know, kids of their own or, or around kids in your age or, or mm-hmm. you know, what generation are we talking about here? Gen- are we Gen Z, these guys? Probably? Yeah, Gen Z. I don't even right? know what we are. Yeah, it doesn't matter. matter. Well, a lot of the people- at least uh, We need to label them because old people right. need to label it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't to be label too hard on us. No, I think a lot of people that listen to the show are people who are hiring leaders. They're people who are, you know, business managers who are building their teams out. And that what they're looking for ultimately is what is it that your generation needs from us as leaders? Because we were kind of raised, just as background, we were kind of raised like, you don't really speak up too much. You just come in, you listen to your elders. Definitely. You have yeah. to climb the ladder in a certain order. And now, and I would say also too, it was kind of the tail end of people going into a job for 30 years or 40 years, right? Um, because my dad told me, I said, well, my professor said that we would have about seven jobs on average in our life. My dad was like, absolutely not. You need to work somewhere forever. So, so that was a big change for our generation. So for your generation, it feels like we need to hear what do you need from us? Because we definitely don't want to treat you like we were treated because I don't think that would work. I think that the best thing for kids to have and to support them as they're being brought up is confidence. Like there's a lot of people that are really good at a lot of things. And if they're not confident enough to go out there and put themselves out there, they're not going to perform as well as they could. How would you, how would you encourage that though? If I'm, if I'm, you know, a teenager and I'm not feeling confident, or even if I'm already in the workforce, right. I'm in my twenties, whatever. And I just don't feel confident. Do you have any tricks that you use to just kind of like push yourself past that fear? Because I I hear from a lot of people, they're really fearful or anxious, high anxiety around their lack of confidence. Uh, it's all, I think it's all a social thing. Like the confidence, the fear to put yourself out there. You're scared of what others are going to think of you. Mm-hmm. To say you're a teacher and you're the student who excels in English, but she's kind of quiet. Maybe like don't target her out, like trying to make her feel bad or anything but like, like that. But say like, hey, would you like an opportunity to do this? Or I have this independent study. Could you work with me on this? That type of thing. So offering those work opportunities starting yeah. in, in mm-hmm. high school, college, and in the work world. I like mm-hmm. that. I think that's, and I'll throw that's it to you. Have you given any thought about, hey, if I, I go down the agricultural engineering path and I come out of it, what would, not so much what you want to do, but what, what kind of work, workplace, kind of people, leadership, et cetera, do you think would work for you? I think that, especially with ag engineering, like technology is up and like, it's, it's going to spike really soon, but with technology, I think the biggest thing that workplaces need now is the evolution of teams. So a lot more that, and that helps boost confidence too. I completely agree with Tony, but when you put a team together of, you have one strong leader, you have somebody that's been in that industry for 10 years or something, but, and you put all these very intelligent people together with that, you're going to get so many new ideas and so many, so many ways to fix problems that it, it, it just, everything comes so much easier when you get teams and it boosts confidence of people that don't have a say, that don't always have the courage and confidence to go out and say, hey, this is my idea. I think it's a great idea. I think it could solve this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. But when they go in as a team and they come in a tight knit group of three, four people and they can tell them and 
bounce off ideas with them, so many problems can be solved. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Teams, Ian, because a lot of the technologies that we see in the workforce are starting to have um, teams built off of different skill sets, uh, very fluid teams. I know both of you have been on sports teams. If you had to think about those teams that you've been on, probably since you were you know, four or five years old, all the way through now, do you think that there are aspects of that that have actually helped prepare you more for work than what school and book learning have done? And if so, maybe Tony, you answer first. Like, how, how does that impact actually being on teams? I would say definitely. And what you take away from your coaches, like, I feel like taking an order or an instruction from a coach, it dem- demands a lot more respect. They feel like, they, I'm not saying teachers are like eye level with students, but a lot of times that's how it feels. But with a coach, they feel like your boss. It's like, I want to do good because I want to prove something to you. And like, there's a lot, there's a lot that comes from that. Yeah. I would say that a lot of it also comes with just a relationship with other teammates too. If you can, like, you don't, you don't always like somebody on the court, on the basketball court, on the soccer field, you don't like the way they play, but if you can get along with them off offside and be friends with them, that relationship within the game becomes a lot easier. You get to, you, you glue better if you can become personal with your, with, with your teammates. Can I ask a quick follow-up on that one? Because I know on your show, you talk about a lot of the surrounding schools, for example, in their teams, right? (laughs) A lot of trash talk, which is really super fun. But no, um, there have been times I know where you call out, both of you call out different players from different schools, (laughs) both positive and negative, right? Can you talk a little bit, the ones where you really talk about the positives of some of these opponents, how can you see how that might translate into working with someone maybe who comes from a competitor? Is that something that comes naturally to you too? Cause I was surprised when I heard you both doing it, maybe Ian. First. Yeah. So I would say, and this is with jobs too, within sports, whenever you're playing against a team, you're always learning from them. Football, for example, basketball, you, you watch a team, you see, they have a great play. The coach will sometimes put that play in your playbook. Yeah. You see, have a great, you see a great player and how they play. Maybe I want to model how I play after that. So if you look at different teams or different people within a company and how they are working, how they're conducting themselves within the workplace, that makes you want to do the same thing. Tony? Yeah. I'll just lead off what he said. It's like taking something away from somebody. It's like if you're watching a player in basketball and you see them do this move, you want to learn that move. You're trying to add it to like your arsenal. Mm-hmm. It's something you take away from others. You do that with social skills. Do that. Realize like, hey, this kid's are really good in school because they have this method. They study this way. Or like maybe this is how much time, this is how they prioritize their time. And that's how you can get better at that type of stuff. And that goes anything in your future. That's great. Guys, you got on our radar, not just for your exploits in the classroom or on the basketball court (laughs) or on the football field, but from your podcast, Waterloo Table Talk. It's everyone's talking about it here in Waterloo. It is. Because I've I've been here three days and I've heard four people talk about it. (laughs) Tell us about that. Tell us about the podcast, how to get started, uh, what you're trying to do with it. Well, how we started it is... uh, Sometimes I get these big, crazy ideas. And I'll be honest, they're not always great ideas. I had a boy band idea. They shot that one down. But then one day I, I texted Ian out of nowhere. I was listening to- I won't to, comment on that, but probably, probably better off on the No, podcast. yeah, yeah. I was listening to a podcast on the way home. And I was like, you know what? It would be so much fun to do this. Me and Ian, we love talking about big like world. I said, I put myself as a philosopher, as the bio, kind of a joke, but we like talking about big world ideas and we love these big conversations. Right. I texted him. I was like, hey, we just start a podcast. And his response was, 
I agree. I was like, I'm not kidding. We should start a podcast. And he's like, no, I'm being serious too. And I was like, okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So me and Tony both love podcasts. We listen to a bunch of podcasts mm-hmm. and I had actually just listened to this podcast about the yes theory of just when you're being young, say yes to everything. Right. Okay. Cause I mean, experiences can come whatnot. I just listened to it. Tony texted me. I was like, why yes, not? Right. <laughs> yes, let's do it. And so that kind of started. It, it took us a while to get going to figure it out. Uh, there, after he texted me that that night, I think I researched podcasting for like two, three hours. We just looked at everything we needed. I looked up so many YouTube videos of just how to get started. And then from there, we were just like, we started spreading the word, and people were like, Yeah, I actually think that's a great idea. Like, I think I would listen to that. One thing we, we were talking about, he, he told me, he's like, we're going to get a lot of trash for doing this. Pro- doing this. So I was like, honestly, probably. But at the end of the day, they didn't start a podcast. We did. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's You've got the microphone, right? All right. Th- that's great, guys. And uh, here's what's going to be fun, Trish. Coming up after the break, the tables, no pun intended, will be turned. The tables are turning. Tony and Ian will have a chance to ask us some questions. I know. So I'm we can, nervous. We can pretend to be guests on our own podcast. <laughs> so, But first, we must thank our sponsor, Trish. This, ep- this episode of the HR Happy Hour Show is brought to you by Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. Financial capital has long been established as a key driver of business performance, but today business leaders are increasingly recognizing the importance of their human capital and driving success. Download Paychex's latest guide to discover why breaking down the silos between HR and finance can result in better business strategy and growth, as well as 14 simple HR metrics your team should be tracking and why. To download the ebook, visit payx.me slash FDM research. That's payx.me slash FDM research. And thanks so much to our friends at Paychex. That's right. We love them. I'm anxious to go see them. How do you, what's the weather like in Rochester? Is it snowing up there? Yet? It's probably imminently snowing. I it feel hasn't like started they're probably already. under two feet of snow. Yeah. So I hope you, they're staying, stay warm. Our friends at Paychex. Wait till spring is my advice. Yeah. We'll All right. I don't, so here's the funny thing. I'll say this for the, uh, for our listeners, Trish, we've got two computers. I've got two pages of notes, a notebook. I've been taking notes Tony and Ian rolled in off the basketball court, <laughs> no did. notes, no yeah. nothing, just ready to go. They're I don't, younger. They, they've got it all up here in their head. I right? don't know what they're going to ask us. So, uh, and I don't know who's going first. So guys, it's your show now. Yeah, your show. Take over. All right. So you guys, and you kind of stole my thunder with your question of the day, but go ahead. so <laughs> with the, obviously you guys are HR people. This is about jobs, whatnot. So with what the, the experience that you guys have, and this doesn't have to be because you already said what you would go back and do, like what job you would take. But what is one skill that you would advise high schoolers or people coming up into the job force to really learn and to focus on? You want me to go first? Yeah, I I'll do because I got to okay, think about so that. So you both kind of touched on it throughout the show already, but it's networking. I was not taught to network. Um, I was very outgoing, but no one really told me that that would be valuable in my career. And once I figured that out, it was probably several years into my career, maybe early 20s, early to mid 20s, before I started feeling like, oh, this was a good thing to do. I would have done a lot more of that. And back then that meant going somewhere in person, maybe to a networking event, being more thoughtful about that. But now, and through what we've done with social media, even Um, Even if you can network on a LinkedIn group, a Facebook group, a Twitter chat, whatever, get involved, meet people. That's how Steve and I met was through Twitter, actually. And back to Ian's point of saying yes to everything, meet people, say yes. You absolutely will get opportunities because I would say both of our jobs have completely changed based on us saying yes on social media. 
So no. yeah, that's a good one. I, you know, I pick something a little different, but not that I disagree. I'd say, I'd say writing. I think if, if I could look back and say, what would I have spent more time trying to get better at at a younger age, it would have been writing mm-hmm. and not just kind of boring business writing. I'm talking about whether it's creative writing or persuasive writing, or even just uh, news writing, journalism, you mentioned journalism school, that was really mm-hmm. exciting, right? Just there's so many different forms of writing. And even to this day, like when what we're doing, what we used to do and what we do now involves a ton of writing, right? I don't have to tell you that you've been writing like nonstop yeah. for weeks. So yeah. to me, writing would be one thing I'd say, man, I wish I would have spent more time really practicing that and getting feedback on my writing. That would be the one thing. Well, I'd that's say. a differentiator too, yeah. because a lot of people shy away from writing. No one thinks they're a good writer or a good editor. But if you do that, I think it opens up your, your job opportunities, regardless of what position and what career path you're going on. So yeah, writing is a good one. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. My question for you guys, looking back, leading off Ian's, looking back on these skills that you wish you would have honed, honed in on a little more, if you would have had that knowledge at the start of your business or your career, how do you feel like things would be different for you? How would you have shaped your business differently? Oh, goodness. That's a great question. Well, I started, I would say I really started my career uh, at PricewaterhouseCoopers. So that was a company that really pushed me into networking. So I, I don't think I would have had to do that in order to do better there. The writing piece would have actually really helped because I didn't learn that until maybe 10 years into my career. So I think if I would have done that sooner, I would have had more opportunities to be a public speaker, which I love. And I didn't really embrace that until probably 10 years in or so and um, found a true passion there. I think that's probably the difference. Yeah, I, th- I think I'd answer similarly. I think you, I probably would have found my way into doing more of the things I like doing sooner, right? Because I spent a lot of time, I, yeah, so I got arm twisted into going to business school and which was fine for a while. And I did, you know, accounting and finance for quite a while. And can you tell just a little bit, they don't know your background in terms of how you started and you were in the Middle East and yeah, I did accounting and finance. I did accounting and finance in college. And then that was just, I went to the corporate world doing accounting and finance for a really, really big company. And it just as luck would have it, this really, really big company, which is still a really, really big company um, needed people to go to Saudi Arabia for a while. To, to do some new system upgrades and to sort of teach people over there how to do the accounting the right way. And, you know, whatever, they needed like young single males to go because that's all who could really go, right? And so I fit the demo. So I got tapped to go and it was great. It was a really good career altering experience, but still I wasn't doing a ton of writing, right? I moved from accounting and finance into technology and then spent 10 years doing technology all over the place. And only much later then did I start like you guys just started the podcast on your own. I started a blog just because, well, why not? Because back then blogging was the podcasting right of the day. So in 2008, you didn't start a pod. Although I did actually 2009 started this podcast, but we didn't even call it a podcast. But, um, so I would have gotten to what I really like doing more, which is this kind of stuff and other things that we We do a little bit sooner. Probably. I probably wouldn't have spent seven or eight years kind of you know, doing T accounts and debits and credits and all that. Can I say too, though, with writing, it's not just writing for yourself. Some people love that stuff. So I'm not knocking it. I would say have an editor. So even with the two of you, go start a blog somewhere, even if it's private, even if you don't publish it anywhere and have a friend read it and edit it because those are good practices to have. I learned that in my second job, which I was working for a PR firm. And I was writing presentations by that point. I was doing a lot of writing. I thought I was really good at it and wound up working in Washington, D.C. for Ronald Reagan's last press secretary. 
Bill Shout Garber. And yeah, so at the end of his presidency through when he passed away, Bill was his, his press secretary. And Bill would edit my work and talk about like being terrified, but he really made me a better writer. And so I would say, even at a young age, have someone else read what you're, what you're working on, even your most personal thoughts, have them tear it apart. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and really help. No, we do that. I'm kidding. No, but I don't think I, I don't think I knew that when I was in high school. And I think that would have been really helpful also just for classes in general, have a trusted advisor, you know, and just make sure, and whether you guys go to different schools or wherever you go, make sure that you still keep that person in your life because they'll give you that honest opinion. And sometimes the people you work with don't. So, yeah. All right. I got a question just podcasting wise. All right. Let's hit um, it. What would you guys say the biggest advice for us moving forward is like what helps what helped you grow your podcast the, large, the most? Um, I will say, first of all, social media actually learning how social media works. And again, we kind of got in at the, the early days of social media. So Twitter, we were probably on by 2008, maybe. Um, And that was really our main method initially was Twitter. And so for us, the challenge is anytime there's new social media channels, we're trying to figure out how can we use TikTok to promote the the podcast, right? How can we um, use not just LinkedIn, but Facebook Live and all these other things. So be open to learning, follow social media and learn how to use hashtags. So, and also when you, when you have, how many episodes do you have? 13 13, or so? 13. 13. Don't think just because you've done one and it's gone. No, go back and re-promote them and then start thinking about, okay, I had a guest on the third episode and I'm going to do episode 14 that might kind of coincide with that. And then when you share it out on all social media channels, you're tagging it. So I'm, I'm just trying to think like one that you had that I liked, I said was around like the animals fighting each other, which one would win, right? Mm-hmm. You can tag it, you know, animal fights. You can tag <laughs> it, you know, just animals, right? You could tag um, different, you've done sports ones. Almost everyone involves some sort of sports, right? You're hashtagging at sports, you're hashtagging at high school, you're hashtagging at college recruits, you're hashtag, whatever. Use hashtags because that amplifies your voice. And that's been how we grew it. And I would say, I believe we're coming up on 3 million downloads. Yeah. Probably like by that. summer, we'll be at 3 million downloads. And that started in, I, I would say you really got going by summer of 09. Yes. So just over a decade, but yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess I'd say to me, it's, um, it's okay to be niche as long as you're a little bit different to me, the, mm-hmm. the space is so crowded, but when you guys, it's my sense of it, what you, you, you're carving out space, which is a little bit unique because there's probably not a ton of two guys who are seniors in high school doing a really kind of, mm-hmm. kind of off the cuff fun and, you know, just yeah. truthful podcast. There's probably some out there. There's probably a ton of them. So you're carving out some space to me, as you're going to take this thing forward or, you know, as you evolve it, right. Cause pretty soon you won't be two seniors, you'll be two freshmen in colleges. And so it's going to have to evolve and something. So for, for me, I'd be thinking about that. Like, how do I evolve it to keep it fresh, keep it unique? Cause it's so crowded and busy, right? The space is just so full of, full of, and we see this too, what we're doing. When I started this, it was just me doing HR podcast. I was a guest. I was, was a guest. You know, now there's a thousand of them. It's probably <laughs> five thousand of them. So it does get challenging to try. And we we we're, we struggle with that too. Just how do we have a unique take on things when there's right. a thousand other people telling the same stories? Right. The other thing I would say too, if you plan on doing this and keep it going, is really think about the name of the podcast, right? Because right now it's Waterloo Table Talk. But if you do continue it and you go away to school, well. 
is it still going to be Waterloo Table Talk yeah. or not, right? Mm-hmm. You might, but now it's early enough days that you would not lose your subscribers. Think of a name that's lasting. For us, honestly, we're kind of in the same boat. It was the HR happy hour because it was done at night after all of us who met on social media in human resources around the world would go home, put our kids to bed, and then we'd like grab a drink and jump on the happy hour. Now, that's not really, we do it during the day. So in, in hindsight, <laughs> in hindsight, if we could have changed that, we might've changed the name. I would Yeah, think, but right? now we have but, shirts and cups. And yeah, now mugs. we're kind of locked in. But, anyway, yeah, I would, so. but think, about, think about the name, make sure it's broad enough that it's going to evolve with you as you grow your audience. All Gosh. right, good stuff, guys. Hey, I want one more question before we wrap. Okay. All right, let's, I want to know, uh, when's the first uh, real basketball game official? And then tell, give me a little scouting report. Not necessarily on yourselves. Just give me a little team Not scouting report. Scout each other. You could scout each other if you want. <laughs> I'm a basketball guy all the way. Okay, so uh, first of all, when's when's opening night? Opening night is Tuesday, November 23rd against Litchfield. That's Ooh. next week? At yes. home. Is this At a home, home game? Home. Okay. Okay. Waterloo, Waterloo is hosting a home Thanksgiving tournament. I am there. That's amazing. I'm, I'm in town a few more days. I'm there. So, oh, we okay. should go. I'm going. So what's uh, so? Give me a little scouting report then. What, what are we looking at, guys? Uh, so most of our offense is a motion offense. Okay. Uh, we have a very large lineup this year. Um, I am our right. smallest starter. Okay. Six two. I was gonna so. say Ian is not <laughs> a short person. I just yeah. met him here. Okay. Yeah. So we run a lot of a throw lot some of size at him. Motion for right. our bigs. A lot of a lot of post entries. So. Nice. Nice. Tony, what do you look for this year? Honestly, that's just a hard thing. I think we got a lot of athletes. There's yeah. a lot of guys on the floor, like, you know, the amount of kids that are dunking on our teams going up and up. And <laughs> yeah. We're really pushing that. Like Ian here, he, he, he jumps out the gym and we're, we're really pushing that. I think what I would have given a dunk just one time, one time. <laughs> Never happened for me. I think if we really just utilize that, utilize our size, uh, especially big guys, you know, just having, a, having them in the lane does a lot, opens up a lot, a lot of things. You can move the ball around them. I think that's going to be big in our offense this year. Who are some of your other starters? We'll give them a shout out. Uh, we got Ty Lenhart. He's, he's, our, he's our best player. Um, <laughs> we got Ty Lenhart. It's me. And then for sure we have um, Logan Calvert. So us three are like the returning. Okay. And then we'll have Alex Stelly. He's a freshman. Um, really? And then that fourth spot, it's a little up in the air. We got Wyatt Fink. Clayton McAllister, Anthony Maxey. They're oh, all, they're all in the mix. Right? Yeah. 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 Freshman starting varsity, though. Right? It's big. He's like 6'8. Yeah, he's 6'8. Is he? That helps, man. <laughs> yeah. okay. He's played AAU basketball almost his entire life. Oh, so he's got skill. You can't teach height, right? That's what they say. You can't. All right. He's got skill, though. Like, he did right, right. so, right. And a lot of the guys they named, these are players with heart, too. They're yeah. they're not just no, height. So. You, you can tell. All right. The podcast is Waterloo Table Talk. You find this wherever you get your podcast. That's right. Yep. Awesome. So we wish you guys tons of success, both with the podcast, both in the basketball season, both in your sort of future endeavors, uh, pre-med, ag engineering, or whatever you change to te- <laughs> 30 right. years later. Yeah, they, like can we they can flip. <laughs> we, we'll have you back on That's in a decade. Awesome. How about that? We'll, we'll make right, a perfect. date, come <laughs> back. Tell us how it all turned out. Yeah, Tony and Ian, thank you so much for joining us. We'll put some links to how to find you guys in the show notes as well. And we really appreciate you guys being here tonight. Thank you guys. Awesome. Trish, great, great stuff. This has been super fun. Right? I loved it. Waterloo's finest right around this table. I love Waterloo. I love Waterloo. I'll, I'll miss it someday. 
someday. Well, I probably won't. After sit that basketball much. game. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna be there. I'm ready. All right. All right, good stuff. Okay, we must go. I want to thank once again Tony and Ian from Waterloo Table Talk. I want to thank you, Trish McFarlane. I want to thank our friends at Paychecks for always being behind us 100 of the way. Hopefully, it's not snowing in Rochester. Thank you very much for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. You can find all the archives at hrhappyhour.net. My name is Steve Bose. We will see you next time. Bye for now.